Hello, sir. Good day. How's it going? Good. Everything all right over there? Yeah, I'm just in pain. Hmm. Getting old. You're rickety. Who knew 28 would be so painful? Oh, I wish podcasts without video could imply eye rolling. So I just did it. Yeah. If it makes you feel any better. Mm-hmm. Both my knees and my right shoulder hurt every time I move them. My left shoulder seems to be great. No issues with elbows. Wrists are 50-50. Everything hurts. My whole left, everything hurts. And this lump is growing bigger Dude, context you can't just throw stuff like that out over the airwaves and people will be like oh my god what is she talking about i've got a huge lump over my collarbone it's weird it is it, it's grown a lot but it hasn't grown bigger in the past couple of weeks awesome welcome to health talk yes the doctor and the rickety old man yep so I don't think it's cancerous because I was reading cancerous things are like hard. It would be hard. You say as you poke your collarbone, which is not hard. Well, yeah, but the lump on top of my collarbone. I will make you the same offer you always make me. (laughs) Do you want me to karate chop you on the other side of your neck to make your neck feel better? No, it's very painful to touch. Then why are you doing it repeatedly as we're talking? I'm just trying to figure out what it is. You might be the worst doctor I've ever met. Well, I'm not a medical doctor. Oh, for real? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize that because you continue to poke the thing that hurts. I know. But, I mean, that's not the source of my pain all the way up. Anyway, I'm just getting old. (laughs) I got to stretch my abs more because my abs pull all the muscles from my hip flexors and everything else and into my traps, into my neck. So, all of that. Sitting sucks, standing sucks. Bending over to pick something up stuck sucks. Yeah. Laying down is about the only thing that doesn't suck, but then my lower back starts to hurt. So you I hear you. just, you just, now you know, you I need. know why there wasn't such light, long life expectancies. Yeah. We've, we've outlived our original design. Yeah. We were never meant to soar this high is what the problem is as a race. Well, the brain starts to, our brain ages slower. I think we've talked about this before. Our, our brain ages slower so that when we hit 65, we still have all of our cognitive facilities, hmm. but then we die and then it's all good. There's no dementia, blah, 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 blah. But now we live so much longer. Our brain can't keep up. So there's a story in Taoism about a guy that lived to be almost 250 years old. And it's apparently considered to be true. Really? Not in a mystical sense. Just he kind of figured out how to tap into whatever source he needed to and just at 250 he was lecturing and traveling the world and really yeah that's what it says in a non-fictional book with evidence of like where did you read this information it was in a book about taoism where they said they had evidence i didn't search out the evidence to validate it i'm just simply passing along an interesting fact within taoism (laughs) I always believed that I would live to 115. I do believe my body will be able to, but now I'm not so sure about my brain because my word retrieval and memory is so bad. Yeah, it might be top five worst I've ever seen. Well, even the other day, I'm like, that kid over there, Maya, like, go tell that kid. She's like, Willow, your daughter. I'm like, yes, I couldn't remember her name. 
<laughs> I was worried. Aging sucks. I'm also worried. I'm not going to get into it, but it just sucks. Aging sucks. I'm definitely worried about brain health. Yeah. Which I've talked about lots. Yeah. My sleeping has not improved. Mine has. That's good. I'm a new man. Mm-hmm. I don't fall asleep the second I wake up. I don't fall asleep driving. Figuring out you got sleep apnea made a huge difference. It sure did. I look like a no frills Darth Vader, but whatever. With the machine. Yeah. Well, if it helps. Sure does. Can't you tell I'm more spry and awake and engaged? You haven't once accused me of falling asleep on recording a podcast. I was just going to say, you're not falling asleep. Yeah, so it wasn't that you're boring. Is that it was literally I was dying at night multiple times. <laughs> and then I was trying to make it through the day. <laughs> and it's really hot in here, too. Anyway, we're on our back to school series still. And last week we were talking about um, setting goals Mm -hmm. and study habits and those kinds of things. And so that got me thinking about executive functioning skills in general, which ones we should kind of focus on. So first, I don't know, like I, I use that term like everybody knows but nobody knows but okay so what do you when i say executive functioning skills what does that mean to you caroline's talking psychology again oh literally literally you use executive functioning all the time and i've i've just learned to be like "Uh uh-huh i have zero understanding of what that actually encompasses so i would i would assume i'll take my best crack at it i would assume executive functioning is a person's ability to think and manage a given situation but that's it i don't know the extent of that i don't know what inputs anything well that's good so that's yeah so it's good that we're talking about this so first i'll just talk about the brain development the executive functions are the last to develop so neurotypically developing girls we're looking mid to late 20s boys 30s if you add something like adhd or dyslexia or something it's it's delayed even more so essentially it's like the boss of the brain so it helps us here is our goal how do we achieve it so it's all of the skills that help us guide our behavior to achieve that goal. Okay. And the and I mean it, the goal could be, you know, how do I get the cookies off the top shelf without them spilling everywhere, right? Like right. it could be and and so kids will do that. How can I sneak out of bed with and, you know, grab the iPad without mom and dad seeing? That would be a goal, right? And so right. it's all of the steps so we need to be able to the key skills involved in that are self-monitoring. So there's different things. If we are doing a math worksheet, for example, we're self-monitoring. If we made a mistake, we're watching out, we're looking at our work. Did I make a mistake? Yeah, I see the mistake and I can fix it. That's self-monitoring like work, for example, but we can self-monitor our behavior as well. We're watching ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Am I being quiet enough? Am I going slow enough or whatever that is? Uh, Time management is an executive functioning skill. So managing my time. Um, Organization. So organizing my, do I remember where I put my car keys? You don't. I I do not know. So do you know where your phone is at this moment? You know how many times I use, I should have stocks in Google find my phone. If that was a thing to have stocks in, because I use it 
constantly. Constantly. I have no idea where my phone okay. is. All right. Sorry, continue. Okay. So that's an key executive function. You can see that mine never fully developed because I didn't know I was had ADHD until I was in my 40s. So um so yeah, organization of our stuff, but even organization of our thoughts as well, right? Can I put my thoughts together into a coherent sentence and express them? And that could be talking or writing. Um <laughs> thinking before we act, thinking through the pros and cons of getting a third dog and doing your research about the third dog before you make a decision. You can see that I don't have a lot of great executive functioning skills when it comes to life. Um, I am supportively shaking my head no it's to just that statement. In adulting, right? So all of these kinds of things. So managing our impulsivity, managing our emotions, emotion regulation is another one, mm -hmm. right? So those are all of those kinds of skills. Yeah. Okay. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I like the air traffic control or, I mean, you could use CEO as well. So they're not the ones actually doing the things with the specific skills, but they kind of see the general picture and what needs to be done. Right. Kind of thing. So that's helpful. Does that help you understand executive? Yes, skills? it does. Thank you. Okay. So what are, do you think, the most important skills for kiddos to learn? Um, obedience. Um, executive skills. <laughs> oh. Executive functioning. Don't insult their dad. Don't say I'm ugly. <laughs> um, don't say I'm dumb. Um, okay. So kids in general or our kids or just kind no, no, of what yeah, do I think kids is? Kids in general. Okay. Um, this generation of kids, because <laughs> I could, yeah, this generation of kids is hooped, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, we've touched on it before, but I mean, <laughs> the skill of critical thinking is not being taught in, in a way that these kids need it. I'm right? talking about critical thinking in my other episode. How do I keep my doing that? Podcast. Oh, my God. No. Um, but critical thinking isn't. An executive function. Well, we could get meta, like meta cognitive thinking. It's thinking about thinking and, you know. <laughs> so, right there, kids don't think about thinking. Kids don't think most of the time. No, I think um, from an executive functioning standpoint, yeah, the, the biggest thing for me that I think kids need to be able to, to learn, which I think will help them, is to develop the process, to develop the ability to manage themselves and the tasks that are given to them because a lot of you like you think about it well that's what executive functioning is self-regulation getting into that okay oh my okay. god so that's self-regulation doctor yes okay go no but what i was going to say is i gotta work on my inhibitory behaviors you literally interrupted me to say you've got to not interrupt me i know yeah this is why we have three dogs um no what i was going to say is is kids these days have a lot thrust upon them, right? Like all kidding aside, right? Like we, we joke about our kids and this and that, but I don't know that I would have been able to handle what every kid these days has to deal with, right? There's so many different things that they got to deal with. The expectations of them at school are a lot of times completely misaligned with where they're at developmentally or socially or what their capabilities are, right? And it's, it's because parents are the worst and they've heaped upon them all these pressures and expectations of university and a good job and this and that. But they don't do anything to teach them the specific skills. So if I was to break down <clears throat> the the most critical executive functioning skills, is that what you're asking? Yeah. It would be 
it would probably come down to two major ones, which is prioritization and time management. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times kids have so many things that they are led to believe are incredibly important that it stalls them, right? They don't know where to start. Like think of how many times you yourself say, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. I've got so much to do. I can't even bring myself to get going on. Mm -hmm. That feels a lot like what most kids deal with every single day without even taking in the social piece. We're just talking about chores and school and as they get older jobs and sports and all these things. Right. So I would say the top two that I would say need to be taught and supported are, are that it's, it's how do they take what they're supposed to do and understand how best to prioritize it either based on their abilities or the urgency or, or need requirement or whatever you want to call it. And then how best do you set it up so that you can actually get it done mm-hmm. would be my, my top two. Yeah. And, that and was- I don't know if that really answers it, but that's kind of yeah, yeah. And that kind of falls under planning. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's a key piece. And I would say there's a precursor to that, which is being able to regulate emotions. So for example, and that came to me when you said, used me as an example, right. saying I'm so overwhelmed. That's the emotion regulation, right. right? Because if I wasn't overwhelmed, I would know exactly but but, 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 but. now I can use my skills. But as we learned last week, when I was talking about the emotional brain always will take over the rational brain and it's our executive functions that it takes over. That's the piece, right? If we become too stressed out, too overwhelmed, too anxious, whatever it is, it's really hard for us to use our executive functioning skills. So I would say, yes, absolutely. That time management piece is a lost art. And I know we've talked about this before, just society, time in society has become ish. Mm -hmm. And I know I've talked, but it was a while ago. So I'll bring that up again. What I mean by that is, again, when we were kids, if you wanted to watch a show at seven o'clock, you had to be there right at seven o'clock. And I loved Quantum Leap. And if you missed the first 30 seconds, you missed the whole setup for the show. Yeah. And so you, you wanted to be on time. And you would plan it out and you would figure it out. We knew, I knew how long 20 minutes was to get to where I needed to be to watch that show. And then I had to wait. So there's some delayed gratification there. I had to wait a whole week. They they finish on a cliffhanger. You can't just watch the next show, totally. the next episode. You shot JR. It was pandemonium. I know, right? So you have to wait. So we don't have that anymore. Kids on demand. They can watch anything on demand and just go to the next and the next and the next and the next. And so they'd never learn that time piece. Just knowing the sense of time, knowing how long it actually takes me to eat breakfast, to get dressed, to brush my teeth, right? And so I think that probably would be a great place to start, even just in, we've been talking about routines and healthy habits, but that time management piece, because think of how many families are leaving stressed in the morning if you're yelling at your kids and they're stressed out and they're rushing out the door their brain isn't on for learning so i think that that would be huge just looking at even basic knowing how long two minutes is to brush my teeth right and then from there knowing okay how do i break down assignments or, or whatever else but from a very young age kids can learn that um and just a couple of quick tips you know with young kids who don't know how to tell time, maybe you get, and I'll put in the show notes. I got to remember the stuff. We got to have notes in here so I can remember stuff to put in the show notes. But 
um, examples of um, printouts that you can put into a clock face that are like animals or colors. So you say, when the big hand gets to the crocodile, you got to be downstairs eating breakfast, right? And you can make predictions. How long do you think it's going to take you? Kate, let's set the timer and then we'll see how long it actually took you. It's not a beat the clock. We don't want to rush. We just want to see, can you guesstimate how long it's going to take you? And the more you chart and make those predictions and figure it out, the more you're going to feel how long that time is, right? And there's a, there just something I kind of thought of. There's a, there's a, positive component to that beyond just the understanding how long things take in the reverse of that is it can also be set to establish how long things actually take when they don't want to do it Mm, right like and i'm thinking one of our children uh who shall remain remain nameless is at times a bit more of a challenge to get to do chores and we always say if you just done it it'll be over by now but almost like demonstrating look this is actually how long it takes you to do empty the dishwasher. It takes you four and a half minutes or whatever it ends up being where I think in her mind, it is a whole afternoon. Oh my God. It's, um, um, it's ruined. I was going to have a snack and read Archie and do nothing. And now you're wanting me to take up my whole night to clean the dishwasher or to empty the dishwasher. So there's, there's that component of it too, right? Then in that it, it not only helps them understand how long they need to plan stuff, but also understand that it potentially at times isn't as long as they think it needs to be when it's something that they're not a fan of. Right. I think this would be good almost to go through every single, because I could sit and talk about every single executive functioning in detail, but that might be a good series of podcasts about how do we actually develop each of those skills. And it kind of does overlap with my other podcast too, because I'm talking a little bit about that, like self, you know, the critical thinking kind of piece. Um, So, so yeah, that, that's where you want to do it. And then when it comes to maybe we'll have a piece on study habits and strategies and things like that. Just how do we break tasks down step-by-step so they're manageable, scheduling one, well, three priorities a day, you know, those kinds of things are going to be really important. So yeah, I agree with, and how do we prioritize? Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. A big one for me is flexibility in thinking. And, and, And so we see when I said this generation is hooped and this kind of comes back to a couple of previous episodes that we've done just about courage, Mm -hmm. right. And managing back to school worries, but this generation is at a bigger disadvantage. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but we are seeing a bigger rise in things like anxiety and mental health issues in this generation than any other generation, even though, the stigma isn't as big as it used to be. And we know so much more about it and there's so many more resources, but a lot of it is because, and we've talked about this before, parents are always jumping in Mm -hmm. to save their kids, to save their kids from feeling disappointment or sadness or whatever, saving in when our kids are struggling with something, we're jumping in and problem solving for them or telling them what to do or whatever it is. And so that's a big piece. And and so when we're rigid cognitively, th- there's kind of a helplessness. I give up yeah. because I know someone's just going to swoop in and save me and figure it out. And they don't have the opportunities where we've robbed them of every opportunity to think for themselves. I mean, that goes back to the critical thinking piece too. To think for themselves, to figure things out, mm-hmm. to fill their time. I mean, we had an episode just on boredom and, and things like that, but 
That for me is a huge, huge piece. And what goes hand in hand with that, just I'm kind of on the emotional side of cognitive flexibility, but it could also be, I have to do this task. What are 10 different ways for me to do this task? I think kids get like so narrow. Well, one of ours is always nothing's going to work. There's nothing that's ever going to work and can't think outside of the box, right? If the first thing didn't work, then that's it. It's impossible. But then uh, for me, the emotional side of things too, okay, your friend didn't wave at you. So yeah, maybe they're mad at you. What are 10 other possibilities? Maybe they didn't see you. Maybe they're distracted by something else. Maybe their arm is broken. Maybe like, who knows, right? Like, it's just, you know, there's that kind of piece too. So being able to regulate our emotions is is huge. And again, I think that that's a big piece that parents have really robbed their kids of because we're always trying to make them feel better from a young age. Mm-hmm. And the minute they're born, the minute they cry, we're trying to do everything we can to make them stop crying, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously we do have to tend to their needs, but it just never goes away. Um, I don't know if you have anything that you want to add to any of that. No. Okay. I mean, working memory is important. So I guess maybe one question I have in in response to that is how many things should you focus on, right? Because if you're Mm -hmm. saying that there's enough executive functioning things that you can focus on, that it creates a series of different conversations. Mm -hmm. How do we as parents prioritize which ones we should be working on based on our kid? Yeah. So I think there's a couple of ways is which one is the most impairing that would make all the difference in the world. Um, Or maybe you want to start easy. What's an easy one we can get under our belts, figure out how to, you know, the process to help teach our kids a skill and then we can feel successful and they feel successful and then we'll work on the other one. But Generally, I would say, what's what's impairing your kiddo the most? Are, so are they flipping out the minute their cookie breaks or, you know, just their emotions are taking over? Then I would say probably emotion regulation. Right. Right. That's probably a really big one. And I would say, actually, everybody needs to work on that anyways. I would just focus on that. That's why I have a whole podcast. That's my my other podcast, Overpowering Emotions, is just about that oh. because it's such a big topic. Interesting. Yeah. Emotion regulation, anxiety, resilience, but it's, it's really about that key skill. Uh, but then, yeah, what's, what's most impairing for your kiddo or getting in the way for your family. And is that something that you always need to revisit? Like, you know, kind of modify and tweak as they get older, the situation changes, or is it kind of a, once you think you've accomplished it the first time or you've fixed it for lack of a better word, you can just move on and never think about it again. Well, the expectations increase, right? As we get older, the expectation increases. So I would say it's an ongoing, lifelong sort of thing, right? That we're always striving. We might. So that in itself is a lesson and how they they themselves, once they're on their own, can kind of do a self-inventory on what they need to work on. Yeah, yeah. Like emotion regulation is something that we're always, there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows, right? Right now, it just might be regulating around disappointment and when things are hard how do i persevere the minute something gets hard but as they get older pets are going to die friends are going to move away so there's grief now i need to learn how to manage grief as i get older social anxiety starts to kick in how do i manage that right so yeah it's and, and and time demands right now maybe they only need to know how long it takes them to brush their teeth and get dressed but 
as they get older, they're going to need to know how long is it going to take me to do 10 math questions or write one essay and not just in one sitting, like it's going to take me weeks to do or days to do or right. So um, yeah, it's always going to be. And so it's the process of teaching all of those things that are really important. Um, and I'll have some of these, anything that's relevant that I already have in terms of materials or things, I'll put it in the show notes as well. I feel like I just keep doing that, but I've been doing that more and more, just sharing lots of resources. Yeah, there, but that's so. kind of the point, right, about these topics. So Yeah. Anything, like, what do you think are girls? Yeah, I Where think. Where would you start with them? Um, yeah, the emotional regulation, I guess, the way you frame it makes a lot of sense, right? Because if they can learn how to handle that they can learn to more rationally deal with the other stuff that it tends to be a bit more for me like we saw a, you know a perfect demonstration of it last year where maya had a lot on her plate right she had her we've talked about it before she had school she had a job she had sports she had friends at one point all of it was requiring her time and she, you could tell it was taking a toll right mm-hmm. and so um, that'd probably be the first place that I'd start is how to help them recognize when they themselves might need to make some changes. And she did a good job. She, she kind of, you know, without prompting. So one thing I've noticed about her as she gets older, she doesn't require a lot of prompting. She'll kind of act like she's not listening, but she's listening and then kind of goes off and just kind of figures it on her own. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and the little things, like when she made the decision to get a job, she just started applying. Right. Yeah. The only time she asked for help was when she wanted, you know, the resume, her, her jogging this summer, she made that decision on her own, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're not forcing her to do any of these things. Um, but then really, yeah, it comes down to, she does a pretty good job on the mechanics of things. Like she tends to get after the stuff she doesn't like right away. So it's done. Um, so I think for each one, it'd be a bit different. I'd, I'd say for Willow, we would have to look at making it a bit more um, palatable for her to, to go after these things, get them out of the way. And then she could just, because she tends to be, more like I was and can be still to this day, which is the procrastination piece, right? Like mm-hmm. I would rather just chill and relax now and I'll deal with it later when really the best thing to do is just get it out of the way or do small chunks of it over time. So it just gets taken care of over time and it's not overwhelming. Teach her how to deal with that. Um, and then, yeah, how to deal with the, the stress that ultimately gets built around that and prevents her from moving forward. Yeah. I know four days ago, four or five days ago, I said these couple of things for chores need to be done. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can I just do it tomorrow? Cause ba 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 ba. Four or five days ago and mm-hmm. it's still not done. Oh, yeah. I know. It drives me nuts. Um, actually, on just going back to where do we start, I'll send um Dr. Green Ross. He's he established this collaborative and proactive strategies. It used to be collaborative problem solving, but he talks about lagging needs and a lot of them are executive functions and there's actually a checklist of some of these skills that parents can go through so i'll le- put a link into that are we allowed to do that i assume so if you're attributing credit to him oh, yeah. his, like if you're trying to pass it off as your own work then oh, no, new, no, no, no. that's not cool <laughs> but sending people to his work yeah absolutely yeah. why not yeah so i'll send everyone a link to that checklist because that might be a great place to just start so yeah. you can see okay which is the thing that we could work on and that can kind of go hand in hand then with last week's episode where we talked about goal setting so yeah, yeah. cool awesome good question thank you adios Later.